Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Therapy Chat Podcast, episode 420. This is the Therapy Chat Podcast with Laura Reagan, LCSWC. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. And now, here's your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. I'm your host, Laura Reagan, and today I'm so excited to be bringing a conversation that's a little bit different from our usual topic of focus, but it's something that every therapist needs to know about. Every person who has a vagina will have to think about it at some point, and that is the topic of menopause and how it affects mood and one's sexual life. So many of us therapists are not really comfortable talking about sex with our clients. And many of us in general, regardless of our gender, view menopause as a topic that's just pretty much off limits and taboo. But it's something that affects half the population. And it isn't something to fear. We're going to be doing a little bit of a series covering issues related to menopause. And my guest today is a sex therapist, Dr. Nazanin Moali, who uses she, her pronouns, is an internationally recognized ASECT certified psychologist, educator, and podcaster. Her private practice is located in the South Bay area in California, and she specializes in helping clients with eating disorders and sexual health challenges. Naz hosts a weekly podcast called Sexology, through which she introduces the most intriguing findings in the psychology of sex and intimacy. And I just appreciate what she does and the fact that she comes from a culture which has a lot of taboos around speaking about sexuality, and she bravely speaks about it on her podcast for everyone's benefit. So I knew that she would be a great person to speak with about the challenges of libido, mood, hormones, and menopause, and how they can be addressed from the point of view of a sex therapist. 
In the next two weeks after this week's episode, we will hear from an acupuncturist and a naturopathic doctor about the same topic, how menopause affects our lives and how it can be addressed so that people can thrive at this stage of life, which is in many ways a liberating time for those who identify as female. And yet it comes with challenges that our culture in general says, eh, let's just not talk about them. So I'm grateful to Nas for coming on my show today. And I can't wait to share this episode with you. I hope you'll find it interesting and valuable too. I'm sure you'll learn something. As always, thank you for listening to Therapy Chat. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. I'm your host, Laura Reagan, and today I'm so happy to be speaking with a guest who I've wanted to interview for a long time, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Naz, thank you so much for being my guest on Therapy Chat today. Thank you so much for inviting me. I love your show. I know my show, I thought it was like I've been airing it for a while, but I know your show is even older than mine and I'm an avid listener. You bring up oh. the best topics and you're an excellent interviewer. Oh, thanks. Way to warm me up for the start of the interview. I feel I feel so honored to hear you say that. And, you know, I've been I've been watching you from when you created this and how how well your show is doing too. So and we share the same editor, our dear friend Pete. So we finally made the connection here and I'm really glad we did. So you are the host of the Sexology podcast, which is super popular and wonderful and valuable, filled with so much important content. I'd definitely love for you to talk about that. But today what we're going to focus on is menopause, which is a topic that so many people have heard about, but usually what we've heard is kind of like, Ugh, and that's it. <laughs> so I, I hope that therapists and everyone who's listening can benefit from understanding more about menopause, its impact and, and how to deal with it. So, but before we get into all of those details, let's just start off with you telling our audience, a little more about who you are and what you do. Well, thanks again for the invitation. I'm Nazeen Moali. I'm a clinical psychologist licensed in California, and I'm an ASAC certified sex therapist. I'm originally Iranian-American. I moved from Iran here when I was 18, and I had my own sexual health challenges. That's how I learned about sex therapy, and it's been my honor to do the work. As you mentioned, I have a podcast that's called Sexology. I didn't know that you were 18 when you came here. And I mean, one thing that I really appreciate about you, and I think one of the things that I found most thrilling when I learned about your podcast was that you were doing it in Farsi and English. Do you still do all of your episodes in Farsi and English? Yeah, you know, it's like a different podcast. I have a Farsi show called Sexology. But what I learned that there is a huge need for sex education, right? Unfortunately, many people haven't had access to accurate sex education. So that's mostly on kind of like answering people's questions, providing that education. So it's more solo and they're not that many sex therapists that are Farsi speakers. My English show, it's more about science of sex and pleasure. And we have a lot of different sex therapists on, on board and they talk about research of sex. So 
it's a different angle, but the same mission. Well, that is amazing. And it makes total sense that the way the content that you need to deliver is different for the different audiences. But, you know, my spirit is so, it's so important to me that people are empowered with knowledge. And there are so many ways that cultures can suppress and oppress people through limiting their access to information. So by making it accessible in this way, that's like life-changing, real like life-saving. So thank you on behalf of humanity (laughs) for doing that. (laughs) Very kind of you. Thank you so much. And another thing I want to say about you is just that I find you very inspiring in general. You, I, I know from like your Instagram, you climb mountains and haven't you climbed Mount Everest or Kilimanjaro? Kilimanjaro, yeah. (laughs) That's amazing. You are such an inspiring person. Oh, Laurie, make me blush. (laughs) Thank you so much on all of this wonderful thing. I need you inside my head. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's women need to encourage other women to be strong and powerful because that is really what culture tells us is to be small and don't stand out and don't speak out and be nice and be acceptable. And to challenge that is scary. And knowing what's been happening in Iran in the past year and a half, particularly, that's why I say it's life-saving to get this information to people, to help them hold on to a sense of empowerment in a disempowering situation. But I feel that that's kind of a theme of the menopause thing too, because in my perspective and my background is working with survivors of sexual violence. So sexual and reproductive freedom and health is, is a life-saving thing. And if people don't have access to it, it's a real survival threat and certainly a way to keep people in a traumatized, disempowered state. So with menopause, it's like To me, it's metaphorically, there's this whole idea of when you are no longer capable of reproducing and your sexual energy changes, you are not of value anymore, you know? And I think that that's a really, an experience that so many people internalize and then they get that message from culture. And then the fact that so many in medicine don't seem to care or Really, it's like you see a lot of female leaders now saying, hey, there's things that can be done to make this experience different. It doesn't have to be so challenging. But so now with me, I will be quiet and let you begin to talk about this issue. So will you start off by sharing about how you see the importance of discussing menopause in mental health and sex therapy? Absolutely. You brought up such a excellent point that people think in the culture our sexuality has an expire, expiration date. And if you're not able to reproduce, then that your value is less or you're not sexy anymore or you're not desirable anymore, which is so inaccurate. And as you mentioned, that part of the challenges that impact women's sexual health in this space is around the symptoms they're experiencing. And as you mentioned, we haven't had good 
medical improvement on this kind of issues, right? If there was any other issues, like if it was relate not related to women, possibly there were like lots of research and like there were lots of solutions. But it like is erectile dysfunction. Of- Right. That's a real hot topic, right? Everybody cares about that. It's very interesting that Viagra got approved quicker than COVID. (laughs) Yes. yes. Hmm. (laughs) You know, so like people like you are, because, and I think it's great that penis owners are valuing their sexual health, but I think equally, like women, vulva owners, they they deserve to have healthy sexual experiences and healthy lives. Because sometimes when people are not in the phase of perimenopausal or menopausal, they think menopause is something that happens like overnight or a week, right? But yeah. for many, many women, it could be the phase could be even 10 years. So 10 years of struggling with different symptoms, that can really take a toll on your wellness overall. Like we know that some people experience hot flashes, changes in the hormones are very common that can change your quality of sleep, mood, irritability, anxiety, all of that. And that impacts your quality of life, right? That if you are going through this kind of physiological change and that you're uncomfortable for almost a decade, right? That like it's really limits your functioning. There are solutions out there for sure. But I think that what I want to people to hear is that it's it's all okay for women to suffer, right? right. So and there needs to be solutions, there needs to be interventions, and I want women to have their own back. That if I'm struggling, what can I do to change that? And that is something, you know, even what you said, hot flashes are one of the symptoms of menopause that people joke about. And they and when you ask someone who's had hot flashes, they'll tell you how horrible they are. But, you know, it's like, oh, is it hot in here or is that just me? You know, oh, my internal heater is on. Meanwhile, you're sweating, your face is red. I actually had, that was that was a symptom that happened to me. I'm in the stage of perimenopause and have been now for almost 10 years. And when it started, I was only 43. So I was like, what the heck? What's wrong with me? Am I having anxiety? And, but with the hot flashes, they became so relentless all day, all night. I was like, I had that for about a week and I was like, I'm going to go crazy. I can't work. I can't live like this. Like it was really bad, but talking to my doctor, it was like, well, you're over 40 now. So that was it. Like, well, what do you mean? That's, that's, I just have to live like this. Meanwhile, I was feeling like, how could I sit and do therapy with people when I'm so uncomfortable that I feel like I'm about to jump out of my skin? I can't focus on someone else when I feel like that. And that's that's one of the more mild symptoms, relatively speaking, than one of the ones that people are aware of. Absolutely. And have how much that impact our functioning or kind of quality of sleep, right? That like we're not able to sleep because of the symptoms. It's impacting our performance the next day sexual desire, like so many things can get impacted. And I think that people oftentimes, as you mentioned, minimize it. But it is a really, can be a challenging period of time. And you're right, sometimes medical providers kind of like minimize it. Saying that, okay, well, this is the symptom, this is how it is. 
And it, and even when it comes to sexuality, right? People say, you know, it's common for people to not want to have sex or enjoy sex instead of kind of thinking about what is happening right now that gets in the way. What can we do even with the limited tools and information we have right now to address the person's pain? And my experience is that sometimes it comes from physicians' biases, kind of thinking about sex is something that's for younger people and when you are middle age or older, like sex is not for you or it's expected for you to be uncomfortable. So that's, that can be very disempowering. Very much. And really, I mean, looking at it objectively, who expects when you're 43 that you don't want to have sex anymore? Most people at 43 are not thinking, oh, sex. Yeah, that's done for me. (laughs) No, you know, some people may be just in, you know, maybe five, 10 years into their first really long-term stable relationship at that point, or even not that far in. So, you know, most people aren't expecting to just give up sex at that time. And then another aspect of it is the way that body changes like weight gain can suddenly happen. It's it's so confusing. I mean, oh. There's so many different changes that people, if they're not aware of it, they, they haven't received the information, can be very shocking for them. One of the things that I hear often from people is how surprised they are about sex being uncomfortable, sex being painful, like not having desire, all of that thing. Like that, there are things you can do to change it and address it. But it's important to know that it's it's common for people kind of sex life could be changing because of all of those hormonal changes. It doesn't mean like it's going to diminish or it's less important, but you need additional tools and strategies to improve that. And also, as we talked about in the mood, it can impact people's kind of depression, mood, anxiety, and self-image. You're right that it's unfortunately the new type of eating disorders or eating disorders that we see in people like post-menopause because we get this message of your body needs to be the same way it was. Like, you know, bodies of all type are not desirable. So, and that can really impact people's identity and feel like, okay, I want to be desirable. I want to be connected. But for some reason during sex, I just don't want to be naked. I don't want my partner to see me. So that also can impact people's willingness and quality of life. If you're not feeling good about your body and if you're exhausted, you're craving more of a different food. And that can impact your body and kind of changes your patterns of eating behavior. Yeah. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Well, as you're talking about this, I'm just remembering how confusing and how the symptoms come in so many different ways that you don't even necessarily think that they're all linked. You know, it's like you might feel tired. You're also not really having the same libido or interest in sex. You gain weight. You don't feel good about your body. You don't really feel good in your body because you're suddenly like, 
exploded, which is what happened to me. I gained like 40 pounds in about six months when no other changes had happened in how I was eating or exercising. And the shame I felt, why am I suddenly, my body is so different. Why? Must be something I'm not doing right. I should exercise more, but I have no energy. When I started to feel better, which was a long process of really, I mean, it took four years. But when I when I first started to feel better, just for the, the hot flashes reduced and I suddenly had more energy, it's like I was getting my thyroid functioning a little bit back on track, but not completely. I just remember realizing that I spent many days finding it very hard to get out of bed and then feeling, what's wrong with me? Why can't I get up? Why can't I get motivated? And I would go downstairs in the morning to get a cup of coffee. And when I would go back upstairs with my coffee, I would be pulling myself up with the railing of the stairs. Like I didn't even have the energy to walk back up the stairs without like pulling up on the, and I was like, well, gosh, this is not normal. But again, regular Western medicine doctor is just telling me, oh, sorry, like you're old now. Like that was the message. <laughs> sorry, there's nothing we can do. You're old now. So unfortunate and how inaccurate, right? Because I, at times I hear from my, some of my clients, this can be the best time of their life when it comes to sex, right? Because you don't need to worry about getting pregnant. When, especially women, they kind of learn about their body. They're kind of like know about their sexuality so they can kind of experience more pleasure, but requires a reprogramming. It requires us to change our lenses and also work on as much as we can reducing the symptoms and also as you said like at times acceptance i'm thinking about the brand of sexuality can change you're still sexy but we have to update our script yeah and i love what you said about that this can actually be a more pleasurable time sexually but with all of the symptoms being so confusing and overwhelming and you're not necessarily knowing that they're all linked to one thing, that can, I think, be a huge barrier. But can you talk a little bit about some of the specific sexual symptoms that people with vulvas often experience when they're going through perimenopause and menopause? And then we'll get into the positive things, the positive changes of menopause. Absolutely. I think one of the common challenges that I hear and that people say sex is uncomfortable and painful. That's something very common that I hear. Sometimes people say that their desire drop. That's also another common experience that many women have. And like there are so many different solutions for it. Sometimes women say like with orgasm, it takes them longer to experience an orgasm. And all of these can lead to shame for people, feeling I'm defective, what's happening. People can get shocked. I have clients that never experienced sexual pain, but now pain is very part of their sexual experiences. And they don't want to talk about it with their partner because of the shame, because of they feel, okay, I don't want to be old or maybe denial in their body. But there are adjustments that you can do that can help you feel more comfortable and really enjoy sex again. And going back to what we talked about with physicians, I know many of your audience are 
therapists as well, kind of like empowering our clients to advocate for themselves. Going to a doctor saying that, doctor, my sexual health is important for me. This is what I'm hearing. And who can help me with this symptom, right? That So I think it's really important to start from that. Like even role play in session, because for people, sometimes they feel shame that, oh, if I say my sex is, sexual health is important for me, maybe they think like I'm perverted or like, you know, I'm ungrateful or whatever it is. But it's really important to own that and kind of frame it who can help me with this kind of challenge so they can give people referrals. Because like, as long as you're addressing the symptoms, looking for solutions, sex can be really rewarding. Yeah. It's, it's just thinking about the shame of bringing it up and the way that the lack of understanding and the biases that doctors have and us as therapists too, we may be like, oh, oh, well, gosh, that stinks. They're in menopause. It's over for them. We might think the same thing that the client is thinking because that's what, that's sort of like the popular perception. And the grief that many women experience. I know that sometimes many women, because of their career, think that they had in mind, they delayed having children. And many people went to fertility treatments and even experiencing menopause can kind of like remind them of like they are reaching that stage of their life. There are people that, as we talked about, they, they're happy about that, but it can come with a sense of grief and also grief around changes in identity because many people feel like, okay, I'm a sexual person, I'm sexually motivated, that's part of who, I'm, of who I am, but now I have to work to cultivate desire and they feel like there's something wrong with that. Right. You know, and one of the things that's coming to mind as you're talking about that is like, I think two thoughts that to me relate very closely to sexual trauma as well. One is my body's betraying me. Like why doesn't my body operate the way that I'm used to this? I don't know this body. I, I don't recognize it, but also like, and it's related, but a loss of control over the body where you used to know what to expect. And now it's like, I don't know how this thing works. It's like starting over. Right. And for many people, maybe they didn't need to communicate much with their partner. They were, they were having the same kind of a sexual erotic template. But now they feel like I need to talk about it. I don't know how to talk about it. And we talk about shame gets in the way. And the shame of saying that this is no longer working for me, right? That also can be very challenging. That's a great point. Not needing to really communicate. And when you have, like for me, I'm in a long-term relationship. We've been together almost 30 years. So not to say that you always do things exactly the same, but there's a familiarity you sort of have somewhat of a routine in how you do things. And suddenly that routine doesn't work anymore. I'm sure it can affect the partner too. And feeling like, why, what changed? Is it me? You know, should I be doing something different and not knowing how to talk about it? Absolutely. And kind of like for women, explore about like kind of rediscover like what works for you now, right? So for example, Sometimes when people are younger because of the hormone physiological arousal, it's very easy to them or easier to them. But in this phase, maybe we have to kind of practice the muscle of psychological arousal. How can I kind of like psychologically also uh, tap into my erotic self that I can help my physiological arousal? It could be kind of like talking about sexy stuff with your partner, 
listening sexy content, whatever it is that helps you to uh, cultivate more desire, that's, that's also very important. And also, I think communication, as we talk about, is really, really important because changes in position can be helpful. Lubrication is really, really important. People think about if we're using lubricant, there's something wrong with me. I recommend clients, my all of my clients of all ages, to experiment with lubricant. That can improve your sexual experience that make it more enjoyable and you can kind of have a better experiences. So I think that's also something that I recommend people if you're not using lubricant. That's something that would be helpful to incorporate. And I can talk to your clients. Sometimes like vaginal dryness is something that many people experience during this season of life and talk to the therapist, like to a physician about what can I do to address this. That's important. Sometimes people need to get creams and that helps them with that. Another issue that's kind of connected to the pain and also it's really important to know is like if you're not practicing these muscles, they can experience atrophy. So it's important to be able to, whether it's alone with a partner, continue to, if you're interested in having, having sex in all stages of life, continue focusing on finding a solution so you will be having kind of like sexual encounters. So that's something else to keep in mind. And there are tons of medical intervention. I'm not a physician, I'm not a biotechologist, but if people talk to your gynecologist, they can learn about how can we address these uncomfortable feelings and pain if it's related to physiological symptoms. That's good to know. And the atrophy thing, that's, you know, that's again, an idea like it's, it's something that can bring up fear. Like, oh, like use it or lose it. Oh, you know, like what's again, I'm 52 now. So I expect to live if I'm lucky, maybe 30 more years. And from what I understand, people have sex into their seventies. So that's a long time to, you know, expect to continue to have a sexual life and not, not knowing that maybe the fear of addressing it could actually create less opportunity to really have a satisfying sex life. That's an important point for people to be aware of. Absolutely. And again, I'm thinking about your clients. Like I have clients in their 70s and 80s. They are sexually active. They have rewarding sexual experiences. So the fact that you're older, it doesn't mean like you're not going to have sex. But for example, if we had some different needs in our teen years and 20s and 30s, so it's important to kind of pay attention what works for me, kind of experiment with that and find solutions. And I know for many people, not knowing what are some of the psychological bricks that gets in the way of me experiencing desire. So if your desire drops, like suddenly, I'm thinking about what gets in the way. Are there psychological breaks or physiological breaks? Are there anxiety, shame about my body? Is it grief? Is it is it anxiety? It could be a number of different things, but I think naming it and working on it is really important. And those would be things that someone could work with a sex therapist about, right? Absolutely. And using, there are definitely tons of great sex tech material out there that people can purchase and work on it. And again, it could be an opportunity for you to really discover what you like. And that can help you to kind of have more rewarding sexual experiences because for most people, they haven't received good sex education or like information about pleasure. 
So they've been going on based on kind of like what they learn, but different galaxy of options that you can kind of explore that will give you pleasure and it helps you to kind of like redefine your relationship with your sexuality. Because sometimes when people think about sex, they think intercourse. So that that is that comes to people's mind. And that might may or may not be exciting for some people. It's a, a joke that I t- at times make with uh, some of my clients that it's just people are tired of having leftover sex. If you're with a partner, years and years, you're like saying, oh, I don't want to do this. They say, I don't want to do this. But you better have the same routine. <laughs> and sometimes if you're not exploring the kind of galaxy of options out there. But as we're going through different stages, kind of thinking about what do I want to feel? What's the meaning of sex for me and my partner? Is it connection, is it sexuality, adventure? And how we can create that in this erotic space? Because sex can be whatever you and your partner enjoy. It could be kind of like massages, erotic massages, uh, using toys, a mutual masturbation. It could be a number of different things. As long as we're thinking about this is something I want to kind of continue my life. It's important for me. And I'm communicating with my partner. I think that can be help you to be able to be sexually engaged in all the stages of life. Yes. The com- communication part is so important. I, I just, I'm so struck as we're talking about this with how the cultural obsession with youthfulness creates such a problem. It's like in, there's one stage of life that's like, valued. It's maybe age 14 to like 40. (laughs) That's it. And, but that's not, our whole life is this whole experience. It's not a one snapshot kind of thing. So when you said that exercising that muscle, and we were talking about atrophy, I think I'm hearing you say that you're not just referring to having vaginal intercourse when you say that, but all of the different ways. But will you expand on a little bit like what you mean with that? Absolutely. Depending on what people are experiencing, I I think what's important to practice your uh, erotic, like using your erotic mind and also in your relationship, having those erotic, sexually charged experiences. Because what we know that sometimes when people are not Connecting sexually long term, they can turn to roommates and just be a comfortable to have sexual encounters. So I think it's important to kind of explore what is it about sexuality I enjoy? What are some of the some of the things that are accessible to me with the symptoms that I have right now? Right. And like if intercourse is painful, maybe I can do clitoral stimulation, can have oral sex. There are different options, like exploring different types of different different types of the body, stimulation of different erogenous zone. And some of the things that's important to keep in mind is the definition of successful sexual experiences. Sometimes people have this very narrow definition. If my partner and I, we both are not experiencing orgasm, this is a failed experience, right? That so but if you're redefining it, it's about connection, it's about pleasure. So you're not feeling the pressure that we mm. have to arrive at this particular destination and that can help you with kind of being more relaxed and enjoying the journey. Again, I'm not saying that you have to accept the sexual experiences that are not satisfying. I don't want people to gloss over the symptoms that they have, but I encourage them to look into what else is out there in that moment that can help them to experience pleasure if there are few things that feels uncomfortable now. Mm, yes. So I'm hearing kind of also, as you mentioned, how this is a 
a time where you could have a more pleasurable life. It's like really opening up your idea of where maybe when we started having sex, it was like sex is penis and vagina intercourse. And, you know, originally, and I hope it's not this way for young people now, but it was originally in my time growing up, you know, when the man has an orgasm, then it's over. So to expand, it's like, well, what would I want it to look like? And what do we want it to look like? And what, what do we really think about this? You know, instead of just doing what you've always done, because that's the way you know to get to the destination. That's this one goal, you know? Absolutely. And you know, sometimes people think about if I'm kind of like broadening my definition of sex is we're failing. But the idea is for you to experimenting with different things. Some of those things you might like, some of those, those things you uh, might not like, but it helps you to kind of really leaning into pleasure. I think that's that's the key for people and kind of leaning in pleasure, working with communication with your partner and being a fierce advocate. What what kind of support do you need? Whether it's in with your physician, gynecologist, even your therapist, I was saying that, okay, if you're not familiar with this challenge that I'm having, who else can help me with this, right? So I think it's really important to ask for help if needed. Yes, and that makes me think of, do you have any suggestions for how therapists can convey to clients their openness to talking about this to help the client feel comfortable to bring it up when they're struggling in this area? Well, my invitation for all therapists is to check in with people about their sexual health and intake session. Saying that I believe like sexual health is important for everyone, part of our overall health. Are there any areas of challenges? What's working for you? What's not working? And sometimes people are uncomfortable talking about sex, but you're opening door to them. Think like whenever there's something related to sexual health, I would be happy to have a conversation with you. And kind of when people are talking about it in the session, even if you don't have the tools, it's important to give them space to process it and acknowledging that like I don't have all the information about this, but I can figure it out because I know that before giving certification sex therapy as a psychologist, I didn't much about sex, right? I, I didn't much about it in graduate school. So it, it makes sense and you might not have the information, but I think people can sense if you're uncomfortable when they talk about sex and that can shut them down. Yes, I agree. And so I think it's kind of, implied in what you're saying, but I just want to say it out loud myself that for therapists, it's important for us to get comfortable with talking about sex because it is something that is a part of life that clients need a space to be able to speak about it. And if we're uncomfortable with thinking about it ourselves, then that's going to come through. The client's not going to have the trust to be able to bring it up with you. And we are byproduct of this society as well, right? Absolutely. And like examining our beliefs as well. What are some of the messages, beliefs I have around sex, sexuality for women, sexual sex and aging? So we can kind of examine that. Are they serving or not? Are these accurate or not? So as a clinician, we can also work on themselves to kind of update our script. So if something that we learn that's no longer accurate, it's important to work on that as well. Wow. 
Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom about this. I know that you have so much more knowledge, but this was a lovely overview. And where can people find more of all the amazing things you do? I want to put links so everyone can go right there from the show notes. Thank you so much. They can, wherever they listen to this show, they can look Sexology Podcast and it will come and all of my information is on sexologypodcast.com. So they can head over there and they'll access my blog posts, podcast episodes. So that would be one place that they can find that. Wonderful. Yes, thank you for what you do. You are changing the world and having a huge impact. And I'm grateful that you came and shared today with my audience. So I'm, I'm sure that many of them are going to want to go and check your podcast out right away. Well, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. And thank you for creating space for having this important but difficult conversation. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Thank you for listening to Therapy Chat with your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. For more information, please visit therapychatpodcast.com.